0: It is Thursday the 20th of August 2020 and this is episode 381 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I am Chris and Ian is here as well. Hello, Ian. Good afternoon, Chris. Yep, afternoon. So we can expect upbeat, enthusiastic, adrenaline-fuelled action because we're not in the evening. I've had a real tired spot, must admit. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, well that scuppers that then, doesn't it? <laughs> About half an hour ago I was like, I could, I could really just go to sleep right now. But no, let's, let's do this. We can, <laughs> our listeners, you can join them a little bit. When they're listening, you can have a sleep then. Um, (laughs) google is turning your phone into a seismometer so this is uh, the accelerometer they reckon inside their phones is sensitive enough to pick up p waves which are the kind of first level of uh, vibrations you get after an earthquake happens and they believe they may be able to start detecting and make effectively the largest worldwide uh, detector of earthquakes
1: this is this is like bonkers amazing yeah, and, and and I'm guessing somebody spotted a bit of data coming through. You know that 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 you know previous earthquakes have us and it's all it's all aligned and have thought, hold on, we've got something.
0: I wonder whether I mean I haven't sort of looked into the details of it. Does it have to be sort of sat on your desk maybe rather than being in your pocket? Because I mean I I'm guessing this it's just like they say they're bringing in enough data and machine learning can analyze it enough to to see it, but. It it almost feels like it should go in, you know, if it was on a hard surface, you could understand how that might work. But if you're just carrying it around in your pocket, it's amazing if that can detect that kind of stuff.
1: And and the thing that was interesting for me, they talk about these things, let's say they're P waves. So these are the first waves after an earthquake. And what they're predicting or what they're hoping to do is it detects the P waves, confirms it's an earthquake and can tell people ahead of the trembling starting to take cover
0: yeah so, i mean that's so, incredible bit yeah of, bit of kit uh, and what a, what a mashup so they're just saying at the moment they're going to be using the data uh only if well they're only going to be displaying data if someone is searching for earthquake at the moment but they will potentially use the the, the gathered data in the future to yeah to help and, and maybe ease you know ease situations if you are going to be faced with an earthquake
1: I, I did chuckle i saw a, a post a few tweets after this it says apple have been thinking about doing the same thing to lunch in two years time give it a fancy name and charge you ten dollars a year for it
0: <laughs> no comment no comment they'll tell you it's the the brilliant most brilliant thing and original thinking that's kind of what they do um we've had a lot of economic bad news recently so we're we're talking about major economies shrinking by over 20 percent in some cases and and we're starting to see you know in the news the the ramifications of that mozilla uh the firefox uh browser sort of uh company is laying off 250 staff um and i think it that's out of sort of a thousand worldwide employees so quarter quarter of their staff uh, losing their jobs and we're seeing this sort of more widely now the tech tech industry was sort of is a bit isolated and in fact you know we've seen e-commerce and platforms like that sort of growing over the lockdown and the, through these periods but nevertheless there is a real human cost to uh, the contraction of that size if you know if the economy contracts by a quarter you can imagine there's going to be plenty of other firms put in this same situation.
1: Uh, yeah i mean i i, I think you I mean you've got a spot on see by putting it in context of a thousand you know that you're losing a quarter of employees um it's it's a big impact and fire I, my, firefox is my second browser Um, to me i, I use that more than chrome so that is my, my prime browser because i'm i'm on mac and i use it in ios but the um firefox is taking over chrome for me
0: and although some of the other browsers have caught up a bit more recently, they used to also have almost a corner of um, the market as far as adaptability and being able to change CSS. And there were some accessibility issues that were uh, sort of accessibility features that just other browsers didn't have. Now other browsers have caught up recently, and, uh, and and so that you know some of that head start is gone. But nevertheless, they've still been an innovator in the market. So anytime we seen, yeah, a quarter of their staff reducing, that's that you know that's that's a worrisome situation and. Uh, we wish all those people the best.
1: And I mean, they picked up Pocket as well. So they're the owners of Pocket, which still, you know, still, you know, a lot of people use as their, um, you know, read later or bookmarking service. So, so yeah.
0: But they're not saying services are reducing at this point, just uh, the number of no, staff. No, but, but, but worrying, worrying trend, because
1: as you say, tech industry, if, if anything, are you know still pretty buoyant. And, you know, the, lots of people can remote work anyway you know, so not as impacted as other industries, but, but I think a sign of everything is going to contract.
0: Yeah. Uh, Twitter has enhanced its, um, ability for you to limit replies. So this, this was something they rolled out, I think to blue tick accounts. Um, but they've now extended it so anyone can decide who gets to reply to their tweet. So if they make a tweet, there's a a sort of an icon below the tweet. It starts off as the globe, which means anyone can re- uh, reply as they can now. But they've uh, added different options, so you can limit the replies to people you know, people who follow you, uh, and you can also reply, uh, say, so, so limit it to the people that you specifically mentioned in that tweet. So you can decide uh, what kind of conversation you want to spark by uh, putting out your tweet, uh, which seems like quite a nice um, functionality, especially to get over with, you know you don't want everyone's opinion necessarily. You're just, uh, you know, but then again, I guess it fundamentally changes something about what Twitter is by reducing the ability for people to interact. But the problem is people have just been interacting in such a negative way that, that I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a hard one. You, know, you can see why the, they've come to this decision and it's a shame we've had to get to that point. But nevertheless, I think it's probably good to see some control around tweets and Twitter.
1: Definitely. I mean, being you, don't get affected. Well, we don't, we don't tweet. But yeah. Uh, yes good point but the um it's it's for and and and, and i get why they the us this out to blue ticks initially because um tend to have big you know they're using it as a platform big audiences and it's just so toxic that is you, yeah. you see you see some replies and, and what's interesting for me is a lot of the, some of the threaded conversations that take place you know when somebody tweets multiple times really good content that you can tell you know 10 15 years ago that was a blog post that yes. it never got to the same audience and and it would probably have taken out the immediacy and the, the kind of heat and passion. You know, somebody would have polished the edges off of it. And and that's what I still like about Twitter. Somebody will bash out a thread. And sometimes sometime it's a bit raw. Sometimes it's a bit crap. But other times it's absolute gold. And then you'll see, you'll just accidentally
0: start to see some of the replies. You're like, oh, Jesus. Uh, it it yeah, kind of goes both ways, though, doesn't it? Because equally, if, if there's a toxic tweet, as in the account is toxic in what it's saying and promoting, sometimes it's nice and, and you know, uh, you know fulfilling to see the replies which are more in line and a bit more reasonable than the original tweet. So it kind of goes both ways. And, y- you know, a- again, sometimes there will be, p- you know, tweets that you absolutely want to put your opinion on, but you're not going to be able to now because, you know, it's it's locked down so to maybe deliberately so. Uh, especially on blue tick accounts where they, they've got a lot of followers. So they're being able to make a statement with no reprise is, again, say, it, it it rocks both ways. Sometimes comments and can be toxic and nasty, but then again, sometimes the tweets can be toxic and nasty, and it's quite nice to see the dilutative effects. I'm not sure if that's a, anything like a word, but it works in my context.
1: I, and I think as well, I mean there's a good level of control here. You know, you can leave it as as is. You can say only those that are um follow you so it keeps it I guess to a mm-hmm. certain audience, but you're still gonna get people I mean I, I follow you know, I follow politicians that I don't particularly believe, you know, and you know what they're saying. But you want to see, you know, you want to see their tweets and understand it. And it's back to, I started doing a bit more of that when there was that whole, you know, you can be in an echo chamber and sometimes it's good to it's, it's good to understand what others are saying and then realize, oh, I really do disagree with yeah.
0: you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Re- reaffirms but, it reaffirms uh, it. We're going to be talking about algorithms a little bit later again, but nevertheless, the algorithms of these timelines at the moment do rely on sort of engagement and stuff. So I imagine that by limiting your tweet to just being you shouting into the ether, really, that's only going to get seen by your followers and maybe even then not raised high in your timeline so uh, i guess that's the trade-off if you choose not to have that degree of interaction following it's never gonna trend for example so in that way if you've got something to say then uh, and you want most people to see it then to make it trend on twitter then you probably have to leave those options open yeah you can also tag people you know so the people that you tag
1: in a tweet if they're not following you can reply so it does give people a kind of
0: I'm yeah right. so you right. can't just shout at someone and not expect them to be able to reply back yeah, well kind of you, thing, yeah. you can you can
1: actually there's a third option that allows you to do that but okay. it's just, you just make a statement and that's it nobody can really reply but then you'll get people screenshotting it and tagging yes. people back so there's always a way but i think it just nobody keeps the thread a bit more I, I, you know a bit more clean um, and i'm sure must clean up you know, especially as i said for the blue ticks and people that get lots of abuse it must really clean up their twitter experience
0: Hugely. Microsoft Surface Duo. We oh, spoke about yes. that back uh I don't know when it was. It was quite a few months ago now, or even even longer than that. Um but yeah, they've now decided it's gonna be delivered on September the tenth. So this is effectively this is a foldable. But it's but in effect, it's it's like two phones stitched together by a hinge. It's not a, a continuous screen for the for you know for the it's not it's not like the Galaxy Fold where it's designed to be that continuous screen uh, when you open it up. It's two it's just two distinct screens, um, more like a kind of yeah a, yeah a book. <laughs> um, but but kind one 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 thousand three hundred ninety nine is their asking price so actually quite considerably cheaper than the kind of top of the range single fold devices and and kind of an interesting concept I, i'd be interested to know what your opinion of it is um because i've got my own opinions and i'm wondering whether we match
1: and, and i very do put this in because i don't think it was the last one maybe it was the last one and you know you were definitely more um more opinionated, I would say that the you know the phones, tablets, dead to you, you know. There's nothing new, and I I think I said foldables interest me, and again this interests me. There's something about the form factor of a uh, opening and 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 seeing two screens, but I think this one the the, the fact that it's two screens rather than a a, a continuous thing. I'm just just I'm not I, I'm I'm still excited to see it. I, I would never buy one. Um, it was also interesting to see like head of android you know and google had one and he had mm. it in the background of one of these images and people were like hold on you know what's what's this what's this brave new world where google are promoting microsoft products but become, we've covered this for years now microsoft have taken up that idea of we want to be on all platforms
0: yep so i mean, this device is so much similar. to Do you remember years and years ago? It must have been quite near the beginning of our podcast. So it was a really long time ago. Microsoft gave that concept of this book device with two screens and, and an operating system that worked nicely and multitasked next to each other. So And this is really the first. This is the real. Again, they were years ahead of where they probably needed to be in, at that time. Um, this, this seems to me the first. Foldable device of now because I think the the, the single screen foldable devices there they are of the next five years. We won't nail that technology for another five years to get that reliable and 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 actually consumer ready. Um, you know they're too fragile and too you know too delicate. This device is not fragile and delicate. I think it looks quite robust and it, it, that's almost its downside at the moment for me is that it's too robust in that it is it is large. I mean the, this is like. Is stitching two large phones together with quite a big bezel around it as well, so it's not a it's not a comfortable sort of use case. Uh, however, it's yeah you, you're right. Last week I was bemoaning all the mobile devices, and it does it does interest me, but it's not a device that I can see any use case for myself um, in my own day to day life. Uh, but I can see other people finding it quite useful, and I, I say I in, in some ways I quite like that two screen form factor rather than the single screen uh You know concept.
1: Yeah, and and to me again, it's it's so so courier was was maybe what you were thinking about. So Microsoft Sounds Courier, right. yeah. in yeah. Two thousand nine wow. um, was when they <laughs> wow. were talking about it, and twenty eleven was when they they officially killed it because they had all those great prototypes. And this was at the time when um what's his face? Oh, the big the big guy salesman bomber um, when he was like you know he, he would turn up at, at CS and say. You know they've got the iPad, they've got the phones. Look what we've got. You know, and and it was like, yeah. you you ain't going to release this. This is no. uh, you know vaporware again. Um, that it, it's taken them, and it's been. I mean, this was first rumored three years ago, so it's clearly somebody must have seen a demo leaked. You yeah. know, supply chain leaks and all that good stuff. Um, and and Joe skins we've talked about for a while. I, I, there's something about you know, I still feel it's more enterprisey. You know, like kind of you know, can I be looking at an email and then reading a document? you know and doing that that dual screen type thing being
0: in the, yeah being in the factory floor and having yeah. the ability to to have two things on the screens yeah, yeah. easily you know yeah. can
1: i can i see you know you know what's currently been manufactured and then seeing what the next week supplies you know yeah. coming in and all you know all that kind of it just feels more doesn't feel like you know a me and you type device where you know you put that in your back pocket at this size and thickness but five years time you know if they can start shaving it down and
0: I can see the screenshots now on the advertising. It's gonna definitely have stocks and shares on one of those screens. They all they love their stocks and shares. It's well, gonna be on well, one I, side of
1: the screen. Well I'm thinking it will be there'll be some emails. There'll be yeah. some stocks and shares and, and, and see pre COVID there would have definitely been some new flight information
0: coming in. Now <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite so sure. Right. <laughs> yeah salad. what's next well what how are they going to sell their phones now when they can't do flight times maybe it'll be
1: like here's here's what's here's who's at your door and you can see that <laughs> in your phone while you're reading your emails Cause, because because you everybody's working from home
0: <laughs> but yeah uh say so other than its size i think again it might shrink down over time but i think we're going to see other devices like this as well because just having that form factor uh having the central hinge though where the gap in the screens it ruins it as far as being a media consumption device as in you can't really watch a movie by folding it out into sort of its tablet format so it's never going to do that um but it certainly gives you a bit more space to play with yeah and there's Uh, also
1: they've also modded so google have modded android specifically for these kind of two screen devices Um, and microsoft are saying they're using algorithms to predict how an open you know an app should open differently And again, they're talking about, you know, click a link in an email app in one screen, it'll open another one so you can see the email and see the web page or see the PowerPoint presentation. So, um, you know, apps like Microsoft Teams and PowerPoint optimized so you can see a video call and the rest of your Teams chat. And that's something right now, if you take something like the iPad, you know, it's a great video device, got a great camera on it, but it takes over the whole thing because it's one app running. And it's like video... That whole kind of, you know, within, within, you know, Teams or Zoom, it's like, ah, why well, it needs to be more. And I'm sure we're going to see that with these devices. I realize that they're really powerful, crazy powerful, and people want to do more with them.
0: Apple and oh, Fortnite and Epic. Oh. Uh, we've had quite a saga, and it's still unfolding. It's still, we're in the middle of it. Um, so... did. Had we met, did we mention it on the last podcast? I can't remember whether this story nope. had broken. That's, that's, so this is all, all broke, broke sort of shortly yeah. afterwards. So we talked last time about the Apple tax and the thirty percent. Um, and Epic basically decided that they didn't want to. Well, they they were going to join the, put their weight behind the bandwagon around saying right. I'm, they released a version of Fortnite which allowed users to use uh, Epic's payment service and gave them a discount if they did use Epic's payment service that contravenes Apple's app store. So they banned that application from the app store uh, as you might expect. And as Fortnite clearly were expecting because they already rolled out their anti-Apple advert saying this is Apple acting like big brother and going against their core principles. And this was horrendous that Apple wanted to do this. They're the big, the big guys and just squashing the innovation of all these young, small companies like Epic. Um, but, (laughs) but, but so, that that all seemed to go to that all seemed to go to plan uh, and then a bit later we had facebook also bemoaning the the woes of small to medium businesses who were being crippled by being asked on, through the facebook app to pay a 30 percent apple tax for uh, any payments or transactions that are happening through even the facebook app and things like that so um the, the kind of it looked like everything was building against apple and everyone was firing and it, it looked like that but apple stayed absolutely steadfast and said these are the rules uh, and in fact took it <laughs> took it further and said because epic has broken these rules and chosen not to be you know complying with our terms and conditions we are going to remove their access to the developer program um, effectively meaning that epic and potentially uh, the unreal engine that a lot of games run on the apple uh, the apple products uh, will be removed from yeah but yeah, they can they can't develop for the <laughs> for the platform anymore. So effectively Apple have gone, called the bluff and said, right, we're going to fire right back at you and say, yeah, you're off and you're out of here and you can't develop going forward. Um, and then Epic have kind of filed for injunctions. So they've they filed for immediate injunction to try and prevent it happening immediately. Um, and then obviously we'll be looking to to get a judgment against their original complaint before then dealing with the the, you know, getting them pulled off of the App Store entirely. I, it, no one's coming out singing of roses here. I, I do think Apple are clearly saying they're digging their heels in. They are not willing to move on this, and they are will, They want to. I mean, ultimately, they're protecting. I, I just saw. that. They, were they just? They're the most expensive company again, isn't it? They've just gone past two trillion or something like yep, that. Two trillion. Sorry, I, I, I said a bad word, then it just crept out. Um, I. Where, I don't know where you see. It. They can't stick to this thirty percent. Surely the concession is that gets reduced down to ten percent, something like that. We, we is that a long play? We,
1: well, we covered it last time. Uh, the App Store, as it stands, was was is you know a ten year old, fifteen year old, you know um, way of working, and, and we're in a different world now. There was no iPhones there, and it looked an amazing opportunity for a developer to. You know, you give us thirty percent. We will do all the hosting for you. We'll do all the releases for you. We'll do all the deployment out to devices. You don't need to worry about any of this. And you and, and that was a big deal. And I still we said, said it last time. Still remember the the, the the first the first kind of WWDC after you know the App Store had been out. There was like I I you know by day I was a, a you know and I think it was an accountant. And in my spare time, I started programming this game. Yeah, uh, I've made three million dollars in the last twelve months. Yeah, and everybody was like, "Hey, I want to be a games developer." Yeah, uh, different place now. Um, and as you say, Epic. It, it, and it's it, the optics around this are really interesting. Obviously, as you mentioned like, Apple, two trillion. You know, ridiculous amount of money, uh, ridiculous value. Um, Epic aren't a small firm. You know that, but. but They've got the money to fight Apple. They've got yes, the money to go to court. They've got at least that
0: starting point. Me yep. and
1: you couldn't take Apple to court. We'd just get crushed, and we'd just be a small paragraph. And you know, not even the Guardian, but be, you know, some small Mac, you know, blogger might pick us up as a as another developer crushed. You know, and and just a, just a footnote. Fortnite isn't Epic. Isn't you know the impact on even just Fortnite disappearing? It it I mean it's hit every. You know every paper, every online news, you know um, broadcaster has talked about this. Um, I still think so, and it's because interesting because what ultimately what Epic are looking for is um, let us run let us run iOS like Windows. I guess is the closest thing to look at. We'll make our own store. We'll sell our own products. You won't take a cut? Um, this needs to be opened up, um, and I think that the. the Remember, so the last time we were talking was all around the the, the Senate hearings, and you know Apple yep. defending its position, and 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 there's there's an interesting bit on this because because we maybe missed this, but out they've also sued Google. So Google, yes, they did yeah, the yeah. same on the Google platform. Um, it's much.
0: It was much lower and low end story because they they, they didn't get the traction in the media. But no. equally, because the Android platform allows for different app stores, you are not completely confined to the official app store. It, it, there was there's a different angle for them to still sell their product. It, there is,
1: but it's a, there's, a, there's a nuance in there. It almost feels like I've been doing some homework in this. So there's a nuance in the Android side in that you can sideload, you can do different things, but games can't. So game developers must use google hence when um epic did the same on the android platform that's why google took them down they're like yeah. no nope, you need to follow our rules we want a 30 because 30 on, on on android as well um, they i think they've done a deal with samsung's app store and this is what i always find confusing with my work phone i've got a google play store and you've got a samsung store and the same paid products are on it sometimes different prices Clearly, that's the rules allowed you to do that, and um, so you still can't get Fortnite on Android via Samsung Store. Um, but the money is interesting bit around this. So Apple tried to play off the the small player. You know, we have got tiny markets here compared to big. You know, Android's huge, and we are just a small guy. Um, in the last month, um, for Fortnite, Epic took in forty three million dollars in sales through the App Store. That's yeah, the Apple messy, App Store. That's the last 30 days, and that's from Sensor Tower, and this was provided to CNBC. In the same period in Android, it generated 3 million in sales through Google Play. Mm. So, that tiny, and this is where I think that, you know, if, you know whether it's Europeans, Americans, somebody is going to have to switch their brain on and realise Apple playing this, we're just a small guy, leave us alone, is utter nonsense. Um, equally, Epic isn't a small guy either, but as soon as they did this, they got support from know, so Spotify and others, Facebook, as you've I mentioned,
0: think it's, it's gonna, it's going to now rely on people having that confidence to back the to back the smaller, you know, guy really, and and not worry about rocking the boat, or at least seeing that enough people are rocking the boat that you're not isolated and out there. And if you have your developer license uh, at risk, at least you're uh, at least you're with everyone else, and therefore Apple's whole ecosystem is at risk at that point if everyone rebels then the damage is to apple you know
1: i'm that. amazed i'm amazed apple have doubled down so you yeah. know they've pressed the nuclear button it's not only epic will terminate your developer account but the, the fact that that, that takes down you know but
0: from their company's point of view at the moment given the current situation this is how they maintain their stock value share it, to, you it know, is g- but the fact it takes down the unreal
1: engine cripples so many games not just in ios but an apple cripples many apple arcade games that people are. but i think they're
0: on. we've spoken before they're going down that route anyway by moving away from intel hardware but you know intel chips and, they're, and they're this, already going to be difficult and they're already going to lose the the unreal engine you know that that's not going to operate on their new hardware to start with
1: but I, mean, I think epic's timing you know because this was all i don't know if you did but this was all premeditated you know they kind of yeah you know, they, they, they did the app change. Interestingly, they could do that change without, it, it didn't go through any approvals. So clearly they're in a, you know, mm. the way their app's written.
0: Yes, or, the fact that it actually got out and released into the wild before it was then pulled, yeah, shows that they don't have to submit <laughs> yeah. every single update yep. through the, um, the approval process. But,
1: but as soon as that happened, you know, the injunction was made. Yep. And then they released their 19, they called it something quite cute, as if they were being quite funny. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of it but it was basically it 1980 was a, Fortnite because yes yeah, so it
0: was their play on the, the yeah the 1984 like
1: what was the um, Apple advert so Apple's yeah, Apple's right. Apple's kind of famous advert where you know fighting um, the big guys yeah, yeah you know somebody runs in throws a hammer through it and they're fighting IBM and Microsoft because we're the yeah. plucky underdogs and and so really really clever play on it because Apple aren't the plucky underdogs even though Tim tries to come over that way you know the tiny markets you leave us <laughs> and alone um uh, but but something I, I, as I said, really surprised that they've went so. They've pressed the nuclear button and we're only now eight days away from you know somebody's got to blink. I cannot I cannot believe they'll kick it you know Epic and everything off the store. But yeah. they've made their statement, and 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 and, the, and again they came out yesterday and said just so we're really clear, we've loved working with Epic. We don't want to kick them off. All they need to do is follow the rules. Dead simple. They're saying make the change dead simple. you everything's back in play, and it it feels like surely there's some negotiating going on in the background. Surely they're not just doing this with you know.
0: So as soon as legal action's taken, those are, yeah. oftentimes those things don't happen. They they are left for the courtroom. Yes.
1: But, so the next the next sort like, of seven eight days, we'll see who blinks.
0: I I I do think something
1: uh, Apple have got to change their stance. The the App Store, it's it, you know. Between well, they them. don't have to because, <laughs> because ultimately everyone makes their money from it. To, so. But but, and I guess somebody's hedging their bets that although it's a noisy community, ultimately you are talking probably a a point of a percent of people were like, right, I'm going to go and buy an Android tablet, and not an iPad, so I can stream, you know, my my Xbox games. That's a probably tiny, tiny, tiny amount of people.
0: Maybe yeah, but it, but equally, it's when you're making sales decisions, even though you may not use those features. They do play into your sales decisions, especially for younger market. You know, we're not in that younger market anymore. So, streaming games and being able to do all that kind of stuff is probably more exciting. So, is that the? Are they going to be pestering them for an Android parents for an Android device well, at Christmas but, rather than an Apple? There's
1: many many people saying you know the future of games isn't going to be that you know spend whatever it is on a new console this year. It will be hey, that subscription service.
0: Here's those games yeah. that, are, that are running on the cloud and you play them yeah. anywhere. Algorithms is the word of, I don't know, the period. Um, We've seen it so often, uh, you know, (laughs) starting from all the shenanigans with uh, the elections in the US and then the Brexit elections in the UK. But now they're in the forefront again because of uh, algorithms around exam results in the UK, which are not being based on um, uh, exams this uh, this, this year because of the COVID crisis. They are being made by well initially teacher assessments and then an algorithm with, was applied to those teacher assessments which adjusted them to try and make them more realistic in you know t- t- to what <laughs> might happen in a real exam situation um the problem was that that kind of ingrains into a system that well the algorithm was effectively unfair on some pupils who are exceptions to the, the to the school that they go to, for example, uh, and it didn't really take that all fully into account, uh, and a lot of kids got screwed over effectively and had their results reduced down from what the teacher had given. That had knock on effects around uh, things like university or college applications and uh, causing all sorts of um, all sorts of problems, uh, which we're still rocking and, and rolling on the waves of it. Um, but nevertheless, they've now effectively done a u-turn and the government has said right we're not applying that algorithm so a level results have been reissued with the teachers based assessment and gcse's today got released um, with uh, just based on teacher based assessment uh, and i believe btex which were due to be released have now well i think it would being released today and then they actually got told yesterday they wouldn't be released and they'd have to wait for their results because again they're going to go and revisit those situations so quite a massive <laughs> u-turn uh, all around and it's just brought into this this light this this these algorithms that run a lot of the stuff in our in our society so it's whilst they've been applying them to exam results and we've seen the inherent unjustness of some of those uh, the outcomes of that we see it all the time in insurance claims in uh, you know claims for credit and all those kind of things where people you know people use these kind of technologies
1: so as, as much as I'd love to, because I'd probably rant, I don't want to get into politics of this and the kind of, you know, the incompetence of, you know, Gavin Williamson and all that kind of stuff. This <laughs> it's, it's back to what you said. This, it's the it's the algorithm and the impact on this and who's, and, and, and I think you said it when we were gaming one night, the, um, we've got this all the time, loan decisions, mortgage decisions, whole of the things that, you know, where a computer's basically saying, yes or no, you can afford this and algorithms making that determination how do you know it's been fairly applied you know if i you know if i was black and was getting paid the same and stayed in the same place would i get the loan application or is it doing you know how do we know that these things aren't being used to
0: this know? brings to absolute pinpoint focus the injustice of those applications algorithms are only good as how they're programmed and whoever programs them can build in inherent injustices and effectively all the algorithm is bringing to light is the unjustness in our society and the imbalance of of where money uh, rules and 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 you know you can be born into an area where you are just you are you're behind the starting line and everyone else is up and up and running already, um and you know and the fact that the the algorithms don't didn't take anything into account didn't take the exceptions and effectively said that its judgment was better than a teacher's who is in you know contact and understands the the kids and it's the same with the same with mortgage applications you can go into the bank and it doesn't matter how much uh the person believes you and believes you are capable of say paying for a particular loan if their computer system says they're not willing to give it then they have no authority to go do that so uh yeah algorithms ruling the world and actually turning out they ain't as good as we all think they are and, and i get
1: and even because i can't help it yeah I, I even get <laughs> i even get with a situation i get why there's a challenge you know there's That seventy
0: percent is the normal pass rate for GCSEs with teach based assessment. It's near enough eighty percent. Yeah, and and but but for the situation we're in, what the heck? Why? Why reduce all those kids' potentials just because an algorithm says to reduce it? What What damage is it ultimately going to do? Okay, there's going to be ten percent more people with a pass grade than 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 normal. Heck, they may go and turn into be the next Einstein. Who knows? With the right opportunity and with given the grades that the teacher says that they're capable of giving. And I just Sorry. think that they, no, no I just
1: think the converse of it, which was, you know, and I'll and, and I'll keep it local to Glasgow. So some some, you know, a kid at a school not not so far away from where I'm sitting right now was was had their grades really chopped a mile and a half away, a much better school, and grades were actually inflated. You know, people yeah. were going from Bs to As. And people at the school next to me were going from Bs to Ds, and um, even though all the evidence was there and the teachers were saying, yeah, I mean, there was there was something TV, and they had he said, I've never
0: not had A results. I've got a D based on my postcode. Yeah, and that and that's what an algorithm just cannot. When oh. it's an algorithm is looking, well, that school would normally get a seventy percent pass rate. It doesn't take into account those kids that buck the trend and are straight A students all the way through, regardless. And it, yeah, it just so someone didn't program it correctly for one uh, and, and number two it was never going to be able to come up with a, a good situation or you know someone made this said it was fair but you you know it, it really wasn't so and the that's, thing that the,
1: the, 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 to me that the, the kind of thing that has to start to come to light now is who is going to start policing algorithms ai you know making sure that these things aren't being abused and um, really 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 difficult subject because a lot of well, the you know, it's fair enough if the algorithms are, you know, this was a, a government one. But if it's a private firm, how do you how do you start to vet that? If it's a bank, how do you vet to make it? Who's sure capable
0: it's... of vetting it, and how long exactly. does that have to be vetted for? It's and unreal. you know, and and then again, if there is human intervention in the outcome of the algorithm, as in you look at the results and don't like those results, that can be used for abusive purposes as well. If someone for yeah you know, the opposite, if someone thought, oh, that's actually advantaging these these disadvantages too much for my liking, I'm going to choose this other one now because that gives my son a better chance that you have all those kind of, um, situations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's never going to, anyway, it's never going to be ideal. Uh, and actually we will see a growth in the, in algorithms. We already are with AI and the artificial intelligence type things. They, you know, that they're all based around algorithmic approaches. And, and I'm sure that that is a science that is advancing, but at the moment, um, yeah, it wasn't good to just apply it and just leave it at that.
1: No, and 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 again, the fact the fact that it was the poorest that were you know the, the most disadvantaged, you know, it was the private always. schools that were most you know advantaged. Yeah, um, always. It, it just it just was a real bright torch on whoever put that together was.
0: Sadly, though, it does just reflect what the education system is, and that's the problem, isn't it? That algorithm really did just reflect that if you're from the wrong school, you are immediately disadvantaged, and that's that's the problem. Uh, so it was, in a way, it's kind of just shining a light on what really the underlying system does, anyway. Yeah, that's pretty deep isn't it. Ninja and Shroud returning to it to Twitch—that's less deep. It's about as
1: shallow. What went from the deep end into the shallowest of shallow let's go and watch people play games
0: (laughs) so these two moved over to Mixer obviously Mixer shut down no one knew what was going to happen Uh, basically after a month and a bit of or nearly two months of gardening leave uh, they're both back now on the Twitch service and both brought in just ridiculous more cash than you or I will earn probably in a lifetime in just a couple of sessions a couple of hours of play Uh, and got all their subscribers back back up to you know 100,000 views or whatever it's just nutty these guys must be absolutely
1: Lolling in it because I mean they made massive deals to go to Mixer, it's folded and they've went back to Twitch, which is which is the biggest platform, you know. Facebook yep. Gaming, but you know a YouTube struggle, you know they've went back to Twitch. Um, Rumours of deals were done, um, so the money that they've got, and as you see, I think was it Shroud it was five hundred thousand viewers.
0: So, they're, yeah, they're, their argument for moving to Mixer in the first place was that having a salary effectively allows yeah. them to do things like go on holiday and not yeah. feel like and, and play games that they wanted to play rather than play games that, that would draw in the viewers, which is kind of where they're at. And and it's no one. They play games for like eight, 10 hours every single day. I, I It sounds I'm sure to some people that sounds like a dream, right? But it sounds hellish to me. I, I, I get triggered after about an hour's play normally and that that's the end of it and i'm knackered and i wouldn't want to be sat there playing games i like think it's a career
1: choice thing isn't it so if you look at a, if i if, if you were a swimmer you know training for olympics you'd be doing a, yeah, yeah, you know, it is, a horrendous yeah, whereas if i said to you oh we'll go for a swim tomorrow night you might be like yeah it sounds good you know if you've been spending the last 10 years
0: you know doing and, and that's
1: you know, these guys
0: would be in the news because they'd say a beach whale had been seen. <laughs> <laughs> but, other, but yeah, other than that, it sounds delightful. But, yeah, you're right. It's the dedication needed, and that's what they, that is their livelihood. But, nevertheless, I imagine there's some Twitch money there just to say, draw them back and also give them maybe those holidays, yeah. which everybody needs.
1: And we should also say, it's not, this isn't just someday, you know, it's not just like everybody could just go and grind for eight hours. They've got talent there, you know, they're watchable. Oh, you, know, they, yeah.
0: you know, so there's, there's,
1: you know, it's a bit like, know everybody you know thought they could be an app developer 10 12 years ago and then realized actually there's only so many ideas and so many talent
0: exactly exactly that there there are people who can stream and do it professionally and there's others who think they can stream because they got the technology a bit like doing a racing series um a <laughs> hey, anyway. yeah, on a podcast <laughs> halo infinite we finally got the news which actually for many was uncomfortable but probably the right thing halo infinite was getting delayed we heard all the rumors that they were thinking about splitting it into different compartments having the campaign and having the multiplayer separate um but after the um the sort of the the demonstration they gave during their kind of game um you know game convention video thingy um and the and kind of just the negativity around it and what people were seeing uh and just seeing how it really wasn't that next gen and how it's such an important product. They finally said right we're delaying it to 2021. Um but it doesn't move the Xbox launch. So that leaves another question around what does that leave for the x what is the reason to buy the Series X? um and, and I guess that's the whole discussion point now. But so firstly the decision to delay t- uh, Halo it obviously leaves a hole in what would be a, such an important launch title. Well, ha- how do you feel? Right decision or wrong?
1: Um, right, but disappointing. You know, it's yeah. well, well no, So you know, we we have been big Halo fans for a while. Well, uh, it's when, when did Halo Five come out? Is that five? Must years? Must be like four
0: or five years now. Yeah.
1: Um, and and and, it, and it, it is there is the big title i know lots of people don't like it but there's a massive fan base out there that absolutely love it um but but the right thing if the game's not ready it's not ready you know we've seen it before rockstar are one of the few that will actually say this game's not ready we're delaying a year or delay 18 months and although you've been waiting for that grand theft Auto or red dead you're like
0: oh i guess the problem is that everything is being everything is being It's the sword by graphics, and and we often see that in next-gen. But that problem with that is is that's because that's what they've been selling us, as in they've been telling us this next-gen is going to be highly graphical-focused. But I've, I've read plenty of other reports saying... What they really need to do is ditch Xbox and Xbox old generation support for the new game. That's the only way because you always have to have compromises because you can't program two games and s- deliver it as one, which is effectively what they have to do. So in order to be able to deliver these kind of stuff that they have been promising, they just have to ditch the older generations. But again, that's a massive negative towards the direction that Microsoft have been saying, which is these games can be delivered on all these platforms without issue.
1: Uh, And they've been consistent around that and consistently calling out, you know, we're taking a different approach. We're not worried about or looking at how many consoles we launch and we're not looking to be the number one. We're looking at a wider... And you can see that with Game Pass. You know, they can see that with that. They're applying their, their be everywhere kind of idea that we talked about, you know, with, you know, Android and offices everywhere. I think they're applying that to games as well. They're saying, actually, we don't need to be necessarily tied to... Our console that we make, we can stretch this out. And they were they were ones that were pushing for let's do the crossplay, let's 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 do this. You know, and they did some stuff with Nintendo and Sony with the outliers on that one. It was like, no, we 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 we're quite happy being our own. Our and own
0: I, I think, and I think, and I think over, I think in the long run, I think it will play out, and it will be mm. potentially the correct approach. <clears throat> this, you know, generic approach and play anywhere games are games, and you can play them on whatever device you have. Um, but. It just the problem for the next gen launch is it doesn't leave anything to to sell that product over. So again, it, it, like I say, graphics f- shouldn't be everything, but they they generally are, and it just gives Sony a big crowbar to wedge it in there and just absolutely dig the dig the heck out of that because they've got some good looking products coming to their launch.
1: And, and Interestingly, just this afternoon, Sony have released a first advert around PlayStation Five. Um, no price, no release date. Um, but what it did emphasize was the 3D audio. What it did emphasize was the haptic feedback in the controller. So they're saying here's things that are different about our platform. And at the moment, all we've got from Xbox is it's faster, and you'll yep. get you'll get better graphics. But will we? What what you know?
0: Prove, You've only got it. better graphics if the developers develop games that have better graphics. You yeah. know, the cap I don't think anyone denies the capability of the Xbox. I think uh, everyone's no, no, seen no. the specs and and understands that it is an extremely powerful console and in many respects more powerful than the um, the PlayStation offering. But PlayStation have got a, a more gathered together, you know, v- vision. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. agreed. And and Halo Five was twenty fifteen, October twenty fifteen. So it was six years. You know, between
0: yep. titles, which is a long time for. Yeah, yeah. All the pro community have been suffering. You know, yep. you think of all the livelihoods on Halo Pro, which which grew quite massively at the beginning of Halo Five, but then it sort of petered out. They self-imploded a bit, and now they're struggling around with it. Halo Three again, which is just ridiculous that they're playing a game, however old that game is now. I know um, that, but I know, yeah,
1: I know that came out in PC and it got a lot of love. You know, and you know, and, yeah, I, I, and that's I, what
0: they're playing on now. Yeah, but. As you say, it's, it's what, a 15-year-old game, probably. Yeah. And I say, and, and that whole pro community you can't live off nothing. So they just go on and do other things, and, and Halo gets left behind. Uh, someone said, yep, yeah, really, Flight Sim, the fact that that's not coming on Xbox until, well, we haven't had a date at all yet. They've said it's coming, but we don't know when. That could become a really important decision around that, um, just to see, you know, because that really is, truly the next the first next gen game we've really seen um and and now it's out and available for people to play on pc
1: yeah it does it does i mean it's it looks like you know they're doing something different and that's what people always you know the the next generation you do want to do something different whether that is you know a a jump up to consistent 4k 60 frames per second or you know i know people talk about 8k but there's about 10 people that have got tvs at 8k so that's that's to me a red herring and whether it's the you know the you know the speed of having that SSD sitting there for both PlayStation and Xbox. That's a differentiator, and games could be done differently. Um, it, it, it's the next the next two months really interesting for me. And um, so GamesCon's the end of next week, so we'll see if anybody's going to you know talk about it. So so Microsoft confirmed you, you've mentioned it already. So they've said November. The rumor is the first week in November for the Series X launch. Um, but I can't think of a game. That is yeah. like oh and and the only way because because it's because they they said all through the year there'll be no exclusive titles. Uh-huh. There's now not even really any big new titles coming from Microsoft because Forza was a we've only started developing it and you know Fable was a here's a very very early first look two years away probably yeah yeah which feels like a twenty twenty two type you know yeah. timeline. Um, so you're looking at the third party games and and basically being graphical upgrades on what you've got or you know. Look at, you know, it's a bit like the Sony demo. Here's Spider-Man launching. It took 20 seconds to load the level. And on PlayStation 5 architecture, that was, you know, half a second.
0: Uh, uh, Overall, yeah, I think for me, because I'm just stupid there, there is no real buying decision that says I should buy an Xbox Series X just yet. I still will. And the benefit of that is that I can still play all my old games on it. That is the you know yeah, that indeed. is the one the, the string on its bow that actually says yeah that is a I can still play all the games I've got. It's not like I'm be waiting around for the games to come along. I can still play them all, and and in fact they will be playing better for being on the hardware. So it may even encourage me to install Halo. It'll be happy for you to say Halo 5 may come back on the agenda just please I'm
1: breaking out of sweat the, the yeah. interesting bit is back to the you know Sony I've got a couple of little differentiators in there you know that kind of different controller and haptics in a different way of, you know you'll feel what you're playing and the 3D audio and the positional audio They they've really emphasized that in the advert today and Microsoft have just got grunt I'm not saying that's a bad thing but theirs was like we've got grunt we've got graphic power we've got you know a, a really good platform But they are all drip-feeding. Yesterday we saw Mm -hmm. the first look at the new Dash, which is really just a small evolution of, of what you've got now. But what they were hammering was, we're making it obvious where you can play this game, whether it's PC, console, or streaming on Android. So that's, and it's back to that, they're almost trying to take the hardware out of it. If you've got this on PC and we've released a game, you've got it. See if you want to stream that on Android, you've got it. See if you want to buy that Series X, you know so it's it's a different approach very different to probably any other console manufacturer so far or any console Um, release and what
0: we'll probably see is you know a bit like having a a driverless console which everyone backlashed on and they went back on that we will probably see in a couple of years time or maybe even four years time all console manufacturers will be doing similar things where the game is the game and the console the platform you deliver on is, is different um, but we've also seen the drip feeding of rumours around pricing. I'm not going to uh, like en- entertain them at the moment, although some of them have now been retail snapshots, and you can understand when they're starting to stock things into their um, their, their virtual stores. Although normally retailers just make a, a guess and a stab in the dark. So again, I'm not going to entertain them here. We will wait to hear for the official pricing. Um, but I still, as we said last week, you just can't see the the kind of hardware that's in these new devices. So with the the SSD, the graphics card, that the power it is at. And And the the processes and the memory that they have in these really fast memory you just can't do that for probably less than a thousand which probably means that they're looking to recoup you know at least three quarters of that in sale or or, you know two-thirds of that by sale and and the rest they'll absorb as a a loss leader
1: and and i know i know the console market is is, you know they they can mass manufacture so they can buy in bulk and that drives some costs down and there's all these things they can do, and they've got a thirty percent. You know, they get thirty percent of every game sold. You know, so that obviously yeah, so they, they will always use that to balance off. Yeah, um, but it, it, it just feels like if Microsoft are taking this approach, they can't afford. Well, they can because they've got the, the company's huge, and again, they're the I think they're the second biggest company now behind Apple at one point. I think the last time I looked, at it was like one point seven or eight trillion. You know, so the it's not like Microsoft are short of a ball to yeah one point yeah. six trillion. Wow. Um, <laughs> them and Amazon are fighting it out for second place it's at the just moment. nutty and silly um, but but, but I don't think I don't think with the strategy they're taking it they would say yeah and we'll take a hit on this hardware and we'll lose like 30, 40, 50% on it because they're not hardware driven whereas Sony are hardware driven they're looking at it that we want to sell as many of these Playstation 5s and as many exclusive games on that platform as we can that's what yeah. people want to buy that'll be the, the ticket for buying it and there are lots of people now saying what, what, why would i really buy one there's no real reason yeah. if, if they turn around and said flight sim i think that would generate a lot of sales
0: so flight sim and um, we might as well mention now so yeah I, i've been playing it for a couple of days now uh you're due to start playing it soon so we'll we'll give a more of a sort of overview and thoughts but we've mentioned already that it's the kind of the next next gen you know true next gen game really that we've seen Uh, And and it seems to have hit this absolute sweet spot of it's got the sim community excited, it's got game players excited, and it's got casual players interested in having a play around. There seems to be something about it, that's just absolutely got... Marketed the right place, even the exploration aspects of it, because the whole selling point of this game is that they've recreated the whole globe, and they really have—it's absolutely unbelievable what they've achieved. Uh, we will talk more in depth once you in have got your hands on it, so we can sort of natter around it. But um, it's definitely not been an absolutely smooth launch. They've had issues on Steam, they've had delivery issues and download issues. I think they probably brought the internet to its knees on Friday when everyone was downloading ninety gigs worth of uh, data. Um, but but and and I I'm seeing. It crashing occasionally, uh, and I've I've read the other reports of that sort of happening every now and again. But but ultimately, when the game's playing, and and you know, it, it is what it is, which is a flight sim, but just a uh, you know, you can tell it's there's there's depth there, and just say the exploration abilities of it, are just uh, yeah, just stunning.
1: Um, and as you said, I I have foolishly, or maybe not foolishly, but foolishly invested in a gaming PC to play this game. Yeah. nutty isn't it?
0: That's how, and that's the kind of draw it's got. Really, is. And I the think there's been a
1: few PC games, and you, so we have, probably not in a podcast, but I've swithered for probably the last, what, three, four years. You know, VR was tempting me and then I swithered yeah. away and there's a few other games were tempting me and then earlier this year when you started the, the racing series, I was like, oh, should I should have. And then I realised I was a crap racer, so I thought, <laughs> I thought, don't do that, Ian. <laughs> um, but this, just, just seeing more and more of this drip feeding, I was like, right, now now's the time.
0: That's the power that games have. It's made your purchasing decision uh, and that would negatively infect an Apple purchasing decision now because you've spent some money somewhere else and that's not Apple dollar then. And this is what I mean about the power of games uh, and how it's a real crunch time for Microsoft power of games around their Xbox. It's crunch time for Apple about the hardware direction and their, their processes. Just... Games have been quite consistent, um, you know, and they're such a growing force in in the world. We we already know that games outstrip movies in you know the the pure dollar power that they've got now. Um, so yeah, interesting. And yeah, we can't. I can't wait to talk to you about your experience of it. Maybe by the time we have the podcast next, you'll have had a chance to give it a go.
1: I hope so. As soon as my PC's not in build. I don't think I'm getting it this week. Maybe not. Mm.
0: <laughs> don't worry. The game's still going to be there though. It doesn't mean it, it is. Long. But th- thanks thanks for telling me that. But <laughs> okay. what's the you know, it doesn't take that long to put one together, but they've they got to do a bit of testing on it. Yeah. We'll see. Golden ticket. I'm patient. Anyway, that is the end of our <laughs> podcast today. We've managed to stretch out what we thought was a half hour podcast to 50 minutes. So well done us. Uh if you want to find out more about what we are, what we do, um I was just going to list out CateringRacer.com, but that's not what you want. You want DigitalOutbox.com. Info at DigitalOutbox.com is our email address and Twitter is DigitalOutbox. You can find me on Twitter, uh, cheesy UK, And uh, why not go to CateringRacer.com? That's where all our sim racing stuff is happening. And you can find links to all of our broadcasts, actually. So if you're interested to see... Now that I'm not racing this year, what we're doing instead we're doing virtual races, and you can go along and have a, a listen and a watch for those.
1: I did watch the Tuesday night race this week. It was very crashy, nice. smashy. It, it was, but then it was the it was a tight track. You know, it was a tight. Yeah. But you called it right at the start when you said expected lots of groups of racing, and and there
0: was a lot. of <laughs> Yeah, and they didn't manage it very well at all. <laughs> no. But nevertheless, it was still intriguing and still interesting, a lot of action. But yeah, where can we find you Ian? Um, iandick.com
1: at some point I will start blogging again particularly as I'll probably explain what I'm doing with my
0: gaming PC yeah nice yeah because it's again fresh new world again for you isn't
1: it oh scary when you and when you and, when you and when you yeah when you oh, and Dave start talking about oh it crashed again or why, why is this headset not working I'm like this is why I went console gaming like 15 <laughs> years ago Telling you too exactly oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like come on what have I done
0: that's it we will speak to you soon goodbye bye